Justice League Mortals. And I'm just going to say, I think it's the greatest DC movie ever made. Welcome to episode 99 of the Super Off Podcast, everybody. This is Andrew, as always, and I'm joined by senior Batman correspondent, Ben Juan. Hey, guys. And as always, Maddie. Hey. And Stefan. Yo, guys, uh, this is Stefan. My turn-ons are uh, muscular women, uh, turn-offs, um, contrived fiction. <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> and this episode can actually be considered sort of a supplemental to episode 98, mm-hmm. the direct sequel. Um, so we're going to talk about what we hinted at in the last episode, which is the connections between the George Miller Justice League script that was never made and the Justice League that we got. Mm-hmm. So, Ben, take it away. Yep. So years ago, uh, actually 10 years ago, Jesus, Mm -hmm. uh, right when Nolan was wrapping up The Dark Knight, George Miller was uh, approached to do a Justice League movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a script written by a couple named Kieran and Michelle Moroni, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes A Game of Shadows movie, uh, which destroyed the Sherlock Holmes franchise. But this is a much better script. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, it uh, made it all the way into almost production. They had the cast. They had the sets were kind of designed uh, from from what I've heard. The costumes were definitely designed. They the flew them they to made. Australia. Army Hammer was training in Australia. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he was going to be Batman. God the damn it, was, he'd be such a good Bruce. <laughs> shit was being made, and they, like it was like in full pre-production, in full swing, it was. correct? And then, because of a whole bunch of political reasons, I've heard stuff from like Australian tax breaks. I've heard stuff from like the writers' strike not getting them that final rewrite. But um, Warner Brothers pulled the plug on it, like I guess right before Dark Knight came out. Uh, it was intended to launch Justice League movies as well as spinoffs of um, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and, and all the others. So in a way, it was very similar to the Justice League movie we got and that nobody had really gotten any solo movies. Like even the Superman and Batman, they were not intended to be Christian Bale or Brandon Ralph mm-hmm. uh, in those roles. Uh, as Andrew already mentioned, Army Hammer had been cast as Batman. And this is pre-social network. This right. is way before, he was maybe like 19 or 20 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like nobody knew who he was. Uh, and I remember some people online were laughing at the fact like this guy's going to compete with Christian Bale. Like, what the fuck? But then like, you also have to keep in mind, Army Hammer is taller than Christian Bale. Yeah, <laughs> He's probably yeah, about yeah. like Affleck's height, if not his, his size and everything like that. And he, his family, actually, everyone jokes about his name. His family is actually derived from the whole Arm and Hammer business. And so, you know, he knows what it's like to be a rich motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he was cast as Batman um, for Superman. It was DJ Katrona, who was who co-starred with The Rock. In oh, yeah. Joe too. I always thought yeah. he was Latino, but I, I looked him up and apparently he's Italian. But he's, he's currently <laughs> in Dustal John. I, I just think it would have been interesting to have Latino as Superman. Yeah, right? I remember when they cast him. I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, for Wonder Woman, it would have been a model named Megan Gale who was in Max, yeah. Mad Max Fury Road as the Valkyrie. She was the naked woman at the top who, you know, Tom Hardy's like, that's bait. Uh, <laughs> she would have been Wonder Woman. I do think just physically she's even more of a fit for the character than Gal. I can't speak for her acting, though. 
Um, so who knows how this would have right, right, out. right. Uh, for Aquaman, it would have been Santiago Cabrera, who was Isaac Isaac in uh, Heroes, the okay. guy who paints uh, all the visions and stuff. Yeah. So once again, you'd also have Aquaman, who is not a white, blonde-haired dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, he would have been a Chilean. Well, he he might have used his English accent. I don't know, but he would have been a Chilean English dude in the role. Uh, he already would have been King of Atlantis. Okay. Okay. Um, Martian Manhunter was in this one. Oh shit! I think actually, I don't think the New Fifty Two had even come out yet, so he was still part of the thing, and he was played by Hugh Keysburn, who is now known as Mortan Joe in Mad Max Fury Road. Um, and then for Barry Allen, he was, it was interesting. There was going to be both Barry Allen and Wally West. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. So Barry Allen wow. was Adam Brody from okay. the OC. Nice. And, oh, I remember that too. Yeah. 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 And uh, Wally West was the late Anton Yelchin. Oh wow. shit! I did not know that. Yeah. My wow. boy. Yeah. All right. Wow. Preach it, boy. Off, you know. God damn. Um, and Zoe Kazan. My boy. Uh, I think she was in the that big sick or something, or, or but she was Iris. Um, okay. Playing his aunt, because uh, for for our listeners who might be more familiar with the TV show, this is before the TV show. This is following the more traditional comics, where at the time uh, Iris was white and a redhead. Yeah, it was a white redhead, uh, and Wally was uh, her redheaded nephew, and everything. Okay. Um, so they were following that, and then uh, for Green Lantern, the one guy out of this cast who made it into the DCEU, common. <laughs> right. It's going to be the John Stewart Green Lantern. Oh man! Um, so that's what he, he got. sucks as an actor. I'm <laughs> glad that never happened. He's a terrible actor. He uh, he honestly didn't have much to do in yeah. uh, in the script anyway. But uh, that was going to be your Justice League cast. I have no idea who they were thinking of for Alfred, but uh, I mean that role is an easy one. You can just point to any middle aged English actor. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Somebody from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Dabbles. Yeah. For, uh, I mean, Master Bruce. I mean, that guy would make a great Earth One Alfred, though. If you look at the Jeff yeah. Johns Alfred, <laughs> right, right, he, right, he's right. a dead ringer for that. Um, on the villain side, um, it would not have been an alien at all. No Dark Side, okay, no Steppenwolf, no, not even Star of the Conqueror, though Star of the Conqueror did get a cameo at the end. It was gonna be Maxwell Lord, okay. Now, who the fuck is Maxwell Lord? Maxwell Lord was part of the Justice League International comics as the manager of the Justice League. And for some reason, right around this arc of Infinite, Infinite Crisis, he became uh, a villain. He had um, the metahuman power of uh, sort of telepathy. He was almost like an evil Professor X. Okay. And uh, whenever he sort of controlled you or whatever, his nose would bleed or whatever. But like, he had a major arc in the Infinite Crisis era. Uh, and that's who they had as the villain. Who they cast for Maxwell Lord is even more interesting in the fact that I have no idea how this would, would work. It was Jay Baruchel Whoa. from Man Seeking Woman and the voice of Hiccup and How to Train Your Dragon. Don't see that guy as a guy who can throw in the Justice League, yeah. but again, knocked maybe, up. Yeah, like maybe that was the point. Who knows? Um, he would have been teamed up with Talia Al Ghul. Oh, shit. The villain. Um, and they were just going deep into the DC yeah, universe. They were just like fucking right off just the fucking asleep. bat. Yeah, um, it would have been Talia Al Ghul, uh, played by Teresa Palmer. Uh, I think she was also in Mad Max: Jury Road, um, but she's also in um, Ram Number Four and uh, Magician's Apprentice and everything. She's an Australian actress. Uh, she said she would have put on like a Russian accent. Okay. So anyway, that's the main cast for Justice League Mortal, and like 
honestly, if you look online, most people are glad it didn't get made because of that cast. Uh, most people are just like, that would have been shitty. Like, who the fuck has like Jay Baruchel as like the villain and all that? Yeah. Palmer, so like a whitewashed version of Talia. Like, what the hell? I don't know. Like, we haven't, you know, we never got to see it. But I can tell from the script based off of this, this is, in my opinion, the greatest DC movie never made. Like, people wonder what the Tim Burton Superman would have been. I think that would have just been weird as fuck. And, like, it would have been, like, like a cult classic. This one maybe could have launched something. Cause... Wait, uh, can I can I just ask you? I want yeah. to clarify this point here. Yeah. You're saying that it's the greatest DC movie out of the movies that were out of the movies that were never made. Or it's the greatest DC movie better than Dark Knight. Better, yeah, better than Dark Knight. You're saying it's no, if no, it was no, no. made, it would be better I, than Dark I'm Knight. I'm saying it's 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 better than all the potential movies that could have been made. Okay, and it's honestly the script is probably better than any DC movie in the last ten years, with the exception of Dark Knight and Wonder Woman. Okay, uh, so yeah, I think it's better than Dark Knight Rises, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, Batman vs Superman. Let's Justice cut League. to the chase. Yeah. Why why do you think that? Because it really sets up. Uh, a lot of it, it's it adapts one of the great Justice League stories in, in a true way. It sets up the team dynamic pretty well and has a very emotional story to it, emotional journey to it that I felt was missing from not just Justice League, but a lot of the DC movies okay. recently. Um, and I'm going to basically summarize what the script is so that you guys can feel it too. Okay. Um, it starts out with Superman in the black suit. Okay. Another thing that we didn't get in the Justice League movie. He's wearing the black suit because he's going to a funeral. Okay. Uh, he's in mourning. And he's in mourning along with the rest of Justice League. They're all at a funeral. Wonder Woman's giving the eulogy. Superman arrives and they're joined by the Flash, Martian Manhunter, Aquaman, and Green Lantern. Batman's not there. So uh, we start out with this funeral and then you cut to like two days earlier. So it's like, okay, somebody died. How did that lead to that? And you set up that this is the world full of superheroes. Everybody knows who Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern are, but they haven't necessarily met yet. Some of them might know each other, but overall, like the Justice League hasn't formed. Our main character to sort of lead us into this isn't Superman or Batman. It's Barry Allen. It's okay. Flash. Um, and we don't even meet him as the Flash at first. We meet him when he goes to dinner or lunch with Iris on a date. Oh, yeah. And we have the classic sort of like Spider-Man one type moment where like the waiter slips and everything, but he uses super speed to like help him out. And right. All that. Uh, and he's having this conversation with her and he's like, he's so enamored by all these superheroes that are out there. He feels like he's like he's doing what he can, but he's not going to match up to like Wonder Woman and things like that. And, you know, Iris is like, you know, remember, you can't save the whole world. And he's like, you know, well, you know, I know I can't, but I'm just going to save the little part where you're in it. That's my favorite part. So, <laughs> nice. you know, you set up that there's this loving relationship between him and Iris. It really grounds the character, I think. Um, but you find out Barry Allen is being watched. He's being watched. Aquaman's being watched. Martian Manhunter watched. It's all being watched by a satellite called Brother Eye mm-hmm. that is controlled by Batman, who's in his cave and he's like spying on everybody and shit. And he's essentially been spying on everyone because he doesn't trust any of these metahumans. Again, this is interesting how similar this is to Batflick in uh, Batman versus Superman. Right. Where he's like, wow, like any of these people can like go out of control and like become threats. And I don't know, you know, how that's going to turn out, but I ha- it's going to have to become come down to me to stop them. Right. What he doesn't realize is that his satellite is being hijacked 
by the villains. And that's Maxwell Lord, who is just another, in Bruce's opinion, he just thinks he's another rich guy. But Maxwell Lord turns out to uh, be a meta himself. Uh, with like just like in the comics with the ability to control other people with his mind uh, and he got that ability because he was experimented on as a kid when people wanted to replicate these other superheroes oh. he was the only survivor and he resents the fact that heroes weren't there to save him and everything okay uh, and so he figures he's going to sort of take out the Justice League and be the one to save the world in his own way okay um, and he's helped by this by Talia Al Ghul uh, because of the fact that she's the one with the connection to Batman who has all this stuff. Talia and Bruce have a history, obviously, one that we haven't seen. But presumably what happened is uh, she betrayed her father, Ross Al Ghul, and uh, Batman defeated him. Um, Batman is uh, Talia Al Ghul betrayed her father teamed up with batman let me just um, this story is making way too much sense right now by yeah, the way i know For it's like movie. it's like really fucking fluid and makes sense and... i know this is again this is why this is better than most of the dceu movies and why this, <laughs> i can't stand the fact this didn't get made <laughs> um so for her this is revenge mm -hmm. um not necessarily because he killed her father but because afterwards he kind of just left her and everything and i guess she wants in a way to like get back in his life and sort of show Maybe him he that he because like this whole thematically this whole thing about not trusting the metahumans it shows that batman is incapable of love okay so nice. of anything and so she's kind of sort of showing him like this is your fatal flaw it's like almost her sending a message so she teams up with maxwell lord and they create these things called omax that carry out batman's contingency plans against the other superheroes so Martian Manhunter gets caught on fire, you know, um, uh, you know, Flash gets it's like a uh, doom. Justice League Doom, yeah, because Justice League Doom, the animated movie, is based off of uh, Tower of Babel, a uh, an arc. Uh, Grant Morrison, uh, actually Mark Wade. Oh shit, yeah, uh, yeah, a Mark Wade arc um, that it's that this movie is also based off of, where mm -hmm. Batman's contingency plans fall into the wrong hands and are used against the League. That's my favorite Justice League cartoon. Yeah, the, it's it's a fantastic story. The original story, yeah. if you ever get the chance to, to read it. Um, the original has a slightly different lineup. I think Plastic Man's in there, and oh, Batman's yeah. just like, my contingency plan is just to freeze him with Mr. Freeze's freeze gun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <But> yeah. <coughs> the, uh, the whole, the essential story is the same. So the superheroes are just, are have to band together because they're wondering who the hell is targeting them. And they all be in the Fortress of Solitude, and Batman realizes what's going on. And it's not at all what he intended. And he has to show up at the Fortress of Solitude and has to tell them it's me. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. And all the superheroes fucking hate him at this point. Yeah. Everyone hates Batman. Barry Allen, meanwhile, as the Flash is kind of just like, um, I don't really need to be here. Like, you know, he's <laughs> like he again, like he's he's intimidated by being surrounded by these gods, these icons, these people he idolizes and everything, right? Like, here's fucking Batman, and, like, everyone's arguing, and, like, it's just, it, he feels like he just crashed the Oscars. Right. And everything. Um, but Superman is able to track down uh, Maxwell Lord. He's like, you know, I'm going to take care of this. So he tracks down Maxwell Lord. Um, here's the thing, though. Ma Superman is not immune to Maxwell Lord's telepathy. So guess who mm. becomes a pawn uh, of Maxwell Lord? Twist. So... Yeah. 
everyone's like, oh shit. So while the rest of the league is trying to like cure themselves of uh, the contingency plans uh, of that, that have been affecting them, you know, Flash has to cure Aquaman and Martian Man. They all have to work together. Uh, the remainder ones are Wonder Woman and Batman. Okay, and they have to uh, like. Okay, we gotta we gotta get Clark back into check. So they show up, and it's Superman versus Wonder Woman and Batman. Mm. Here's your own Batman versus Superman moment. Right. Uh, Batman gets his ass handed to him eventually. No, <laughs> 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 uh, apparently they made an exoskeleton suit for Army Hammer, um, because like he he was gonna get his shit wrecked. So oh, yeah. this mainly turns into a Superman versus Wonder Woman fight. Okay. Um, they go all over the place. Apparently, it's going to be super brutal and bloody. And Wonder Woman's like, you know, this is a stalemate. Honestly, uh, like Superman's not going to be able to kill her. She's not going to be. She doesn't want to kill him. So she goes to Maxwell Lord, and she's like, "How do I? How do I stop this? How do I get him back under control?" And Maxwell Lord says, "You have to kill me." Uh, now, in the original comic, uh. The next panel, after he tells her that, she snaps his neck. Oh, yeah. And Maxwell Lord's sort of cameras sort of telefies that, and that creates this whole other arc. This script takes a different tactic. Wonder Woman hears that she has to kill him, and she says, no, I got I to find another way. That can't be it. Meanwhile, Superman is like rampaging and shit, and, and she doesn't know <laughs> what to do. And then suddenly, Batman comes and snaps Maxwell Lord's neck. Oh shit. So, oh shit. Yeah. Uh that's a twist. Different from the comics. Definitely would have been controversial. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you think Batman shooting at a bunch of criminals in BVS was yeah. like he's straight out killed he's straight out is this is almost retelling of what Superman does to Zod and Man of Steel yeah. like five years yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so you would think after like obviously after that, Superman's back under control. Bruce has to go to a fucking hospital <laughs> right after he collapses, obviously after doing that. Um, and you're like, okay, well, Maxwell Lord is gone. This is the end of the movie wrong because he's sort of uploaded his consciousness into the computers and shit. Like that. it's, it's, you know, this classic is super villain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's controlling the Olympics uh-huh. and one of the people he's infected is Talia. Oh, so she sort of gets converted into a thing and she dies in Batman's arms. Oh, okay. So that's the end of no her. Damien. Yeah, no Damien in this. Well, I mean, there's no who knows. She might have gone oh, that's true. That's off true, screen. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> this was also remember, this is this script was written right around the time Damien was being introduced. So, mm, like, they that'd be a cool way for him to show up, too. Huh? In secret, like that'd be a cool way for him to show up later on. No, it would have been. And like, I, I didn't even know I, she had a kid or something. Yeah. You know? But like, I, I was saying at the time, like he, right. they didn't even really know about no, Damien yeah. when it was being written. Um, so meanwhile, Justice League has to stop all these Omacs that are going around, and uh, you know, this is they've worked, they've learned to work together based off of just trying to save each other's lives, and now they have to save other people's lives. Um. Uh, and I guess one of the people who's been infected almost as an OMAC, as like the ultimate main OMAC, isn't Superman. It's the Flash mm. for some mm. reason. Uh, and the Flash realizes that he, uh, the only way for him to save everybody, including his heroes in the Justice League, is to eliminate that, qual- that factor, eliminate the OMAC. 
So what he does is he takes advantage of the super speed. He nearly stops time so that he can go back to Iris. And he there's this, there's and here's here's what I'm always gonna remember about the script. He goes back home and this is all time being stopped, and he's like looking at her and she's lying in bed all peaceful and everything, and he's basically saying goodbye to her hmm. and everything about how you know he's finally gets to be the hero that he always wanted to be, that he's like he didn't think he belonged to the justice league. And now he gets to save the justice league. Right. But most of all, you know, he tells her, turns out Iris, I can save the world because you're in it. Mm. And then he races off into oblivion. Uh, and they, they echo the crisis on infinite earths panel sort of thing where he eventually like, you know, Wally super speeds, you know, kid flash super speeds and tries to stop him. But Barry tells him, you know, it's been good kid, but I got to do this. Right. And he super speeds off to oblivion and essentially disintegrates. And all the Omex gets shot down and everything like that. And all the all the humans are cheering and stuff, but the Justice League is now mourning. Um, because Barry Allen is gone and he sacrificed himself for them. This is almost again in parallel to the Batman versus Superman, Death of Superman. Um, but given such an emotional arc to Barry. Um, because you've you felt for him, you felt for him and, and Iris throughout the whole story that like now this is, this is almost a tragic payoff. Um, Wally, as you might have guessed, is the one who takes on the mantle of the Flash, which is why he shows up at the funeral at the end. The only one who doesn't show up at the funeral is Batman. Why? Because he feels guilty. Uh, he feels like he's responsible for the death of Barry Allen. Superman, in the meantime, establishes, you know, they establish the whole Hall of Justice Watchtower thing at the end. They decide hey, we're going to be the they Justice. They establish team. the Watchtower? Um, I might be wrong on that. I have to, I have to relook, relook at it. They definitely set up a headquarters. Okay. Um, but you would actually, I think you would. The actually, Hall of Justice? You actually, yeah, I think you actually see it as opposed to the, in the movie where they're just yeah. like, you know, let's, let's turn Wayne Manor's dining room into the Hall of yeah, Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you actually would have gotten to see the Hall of Justice and Superman invites Batman. And um, they're like, yeah, we know that you feel responsible for this and your contingency plans, but um, we want to see if you're interested in membership. And Batman says, no, uh, I don't deserve to be here. Uh, and it's not because I don't trust you guys anymore. Obviously, you guys are showing your... It's just, it's just that I, I'm human. That's my weakness. Uh -huh. And Superman is like, no, that's your strength. Uh, we want you on here. Nice. Chills. Yeah. Uh, and then they so we end with the fully formed Justice League with the classic lineup. You got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, and Martian Manhunter. And they hear, oh, there's like this weird starfish thing in the sea. I'm like, all right, let's go. Nice. And it would have ended on this freeze frame of a recreation of them going up against Star of the Conqueror. So uh, I was going to ask you why you like the script more, but I don't have to ask that. <laughs> No, not at all. It's this is this is great. This is self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. Everything makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then, as I said, you you see the weird parallels between this and the DCEU, where you also have yeah. like, you know, Batman who started out paranoid, but then like feels guilty over the death of one of the superheroes who dies. You have the yeah. whole sacrifice thing again, played out way more emotionally than um, you know in the end of Batman vs Superman, where Doomsday randomly came in and right. decided, oh, it's got to be me to fly this kryptonite spear into him. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. There's all, all these different elements. And I know I kind of glossed over different details, but like that's the, the basic crux of it. The heart of the story was Barry Allen and his sacrifice and Batman sort of realizing how to become a human being again. Yeah. Well, Grant, Grant Morrison also, he says that basically Flash is kind of like the crux of the DC universe, mm -hmm. really. Being able to 
go through the different dimensions and to start the crisis crises and all this shit. Mm-hmm. More like more than Superman, Flash is <laughs> Flash is kind of the main guy actually mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Which is why you know it, it's funny how we brought up in the previous episode how Barry Allen maybe could have should have been the protagonist. This is this would have yeah. been the script. That yeah, done that exactly. Yeah. And with the show being as popular as it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have made a lot of sense. It's it's weird too because this this script seemed to like dive completely into that world mm-hmm. without having a Batman movie before it, yeah. or a Flash movie before it. But it's, yeah. it seems like it still would have worked. It still would have. I mean, it would have been cooler to have the separate ones, or uh, you know, but overall, like it worked as its own story, and I think that's what surprised me the most. Yeah, uh, was that like, damn, like this is this is it deals with actual themes. Like I felt like um, the Justice League movie was pretty much like we all, the theme is we got to unite together. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah, one yeah. is more like, it's about like unchecked power. It's about love right. and trust. It's about sacrifice. Like it's all about all these different things that you love about comic books. And that would have been in the story. And I think it, people would have come away with an appreciation for the flash a lot more right. in 2008 or 2009. Whenever this would have been way before the Avengers. And it would have been before the Avengers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they, they they fucked up, man. <laughs> they fucked up. So some of the things that I heard from behind the scenes is that um, George Miller insisted on people going very method with this. Oh, yeah. So he had he deliberately separated Whoa. Army Hammer from the rest of the cast. Oh, shit. So oh, that wow. he could develop mm-hmm. paranoia. So he wouldn't know like what's going on with the production or anything like uh-huh. that. So he could get in the mindset of being Batman. He would hire like different like psychiatrists and things like that <laughs> to like go through the profile so they would understand it. He had uh, Santiago Cabrera um, actually go swimming with the dolphins. <laughs> so he would know. <laughs> That's awesome, like. man. Yeah. And um, Adam Brody, like he had him like fiddling around with like rubber bands and shit. Because um, like, you know, he's always going to be like, I want Barry Allen to be twitchy. He's always in movement and stuff uh, like that. Like whenever he's he's like sitting down, he feels like it feels off to him because he's so used to moving. Yeah. Um, even just like right down to the costuming. Um, Hammer once described the utility belt was going to be made from like this rich leather and stuff, just because like Bruce Wayne would have like the finest material uh-huh. in his stuff. Like they went really deep into each character, apparently, uh, in terms of what they would be like. And uh that's partially why I'm just like, look. It's not my cast for yeah. this, but under George Miller's direction and this type of like development, yeah, I would have been down to see it. it d- definitely, man. Yeah, it sounds yeah. amazing. Uh, so it's again, uh, it's called Justice League Mortal. If uh, you want, you can just Google it, um, Justice League Mortal script, and you can read the script for yourself. But uh, as I said, to me, it's the greatest DC movie never made because of all these different elements that I think they did better than the movies that they ended up making. So is it just the method thing, or what was the, were there any other reasons for it being canceled? Uh, I mean, the method thing wasn't why they were being canceled, but I think um, they just couldn't. I guess it was going to go over budget, and they couldn't get tax cuts on the on the production. Uh, part of it was also the writer strike was coming up right around that time. No, that was probably a big part of it, actually. So they couldn't do a rewrite. Um, I guess one of the biggest flaws to me about the script when I read it was. Um, some stuff just had corny dialogue. <laughs> Some oh, of them yeah. had really corny lines. It wasn't. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's not a perfect script, uh, but like, who knows? They could have had a rewrite. I have a feeling there was another draft after the one that I read, uh, based off of some of the things I heard. Like Jay Baruchel said that Max, in from what he remembered, um, his character was like killed off very early. 
Okay. So maybe they would have moved that earlier. Maybe they would have stuck to the comics and have Wonder Woman kill him instead of Batman. Um, I don't know. That definitely would have been one of the most controversial things that was Batman killing Maxwell Lord. I remember, I haven't read the script, but I've I've read interviews of the guy that was playing Fat Flash for this mm-hmm. one. And he was he was like, of course he was the Flash. So he was like, man, this script, this script was awesome. We should have mm-hmm. made it. He was talking about like Iris, whenever he's delivering that speech, like I'm going to save the world, mm-hmm. even in slow-mo, Iris starts to tear up. Oh, yeah. Like she that, yeah. can kind of hear him because mm-hmm. they have like a connection. And then he just runs the fuck mm-hmm. off as she's cool. tearing up. Like it would have oh. been fucking epic, dude. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially, you know, now that we have the TV show, if you imagine just like, because they have it, that show has very emotional moments and that partially due to Blake Neely's music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that going where he's just yeah. like, all right, I got to go, baby. And like he yeah. takes off and yeah. you know that's his final run. Like, yeah. oh man. The final run. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is why <laughs> I like, should have been called Justice League the final run. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is why like it's a letdown when I then go see the actual movie and yeah. Barry Allen is basically comic relief right. for every scene and doesn't have nearly the same amount of heart to him that he did in this one. Right. Yeah. Um, so for me, Justice League Mortal, um, it's a shame. It never was made. They can't even repurpose this one into uh, a future sequel because like I feel like a lot of the emotional beats at this point would be redundant. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, they they took that script and turned it into three shitty movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> much. Um, so who who knows? But um, also, you know, as an upside to it, uh, I think George Miller himself said uh, I, he doesn't think he would have been able to make Mad Max Fury Road um, if he made Justice League. He probably would have been yeah. forced into do rest of franchise or or whatever. Like he he feels that you know everyone involved was like a shame it didn't happen, but it's kind of a good thing. Um, at least, you know, for George Miller and Army Hammer, like their careers, you know, kind of even took off even more afterwards with Mad Max and George Miller and, you know, Army Hammer has been a bunch of stuff. Everyone else. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They got nothing basically, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but it can't, it can't all be winners. Um, but I I guess we could segue from there into, I guess, just discussion. I have a question. Uh, ben, have you thought of who your dream cast would have been for this movie never made? Um, uh, let's see. For me, I I mean, most of them would probably be people who are currently playing them. So I'd still wow. have Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh-huh. Um, Avil as Superman is this leader version of Superman. Uh, Gal as yeah. Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. Jason Momoa as this more regal king version of of uh, of Arthur, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. probably Grant as the Flash, um, yeah. but a different a different Wally or something. I, I, it's just it's just because the, in the script uh, Wally yeah. is very visibly a kid, uh-huh. um, almost like a son to him and everything. And to keep yeah. that dynamic, I would have to cast a kid in that. Yeah, um, Tom Holland. <laughs> Tom Tom Holland. Uh, I, not. Honestly, not. Tom Holland would have been yeah, is kind of my dream casting for if they ever did my Christian Bale gets a Robin movie that I pitched in a previous. Oh time. my God! Yeah, he'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, he would be great. I think Tom Holland as a shitty Damien would be great too. Just to see Tom. 
not play oh my a good God. guy just to see him play some shitty dude because he's always like the good kid and everything i've seen him in mm, that's you true know? it's like just to see him play some shit kicking like little damien it's like fuck you batman you're not my real dad I fucking love that um let's see john stewart i'm not i'm not super familiar with john stewart outside of the um i would just get idris alba and call it a day yeah right I mean, yeah you might as well and have him he'd, he'd have like that he'd st- you have him keep the facial hair so he looks like yeah. the justice league <laughs> Hell yeah. right he'd be um, amazing i mean he doesn't have much to do in the script but the thor movies didn't give idris elba much to do anyway so like yeah you might as well yeah they turned um, him into bishop from x-men apocalypse or x-men days of future past he's, he's still <laughs> the scenes he's in them but a better version yeah yeah i'd watch that bishop movie for sure yeah, cast Idris Elba as the entire Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the best movie ever. Yeah, it's time for a black um, male Wonder Woman. <laughs> black male. <laughs> oh my god! It's like, it's we, about time. we like maybe that's a man, but we can't say anything because he's black. <laughs> right. Yeah. Be, yeah. And he's fantastic be- in the role. And everyone loves sexy Idris Elba. too. Um, let's see. For Martian Manhunter, I think David Harewood's doing a great job on Supergirl. So I'd put oh, him cool, in there. Um, and then for the villains, um, definitely not Jay Burchell <laughs> as Maxwell yeah. Lord. Um, <laughs> he'd be too old for this version of it, but the original Maxwell Lord was based off of how um, Sam Neill looked like in one of the Omen movies. Oh, oh shit, really? Uh, yeah, so yeah, Sam Neill would be my pick. Maxwell Lord. Oh, wow. Um, and then Talia. Hmm, who would be a good Talia up against Ben Affleck? Um, mm. I don't know. I'd like somebody with a more exotic J-Lo. look. J-Lo? No. <laughs> oh, God. I, I want someone with a more exotic look than, That's a no. than Teresa Palmer. Yeah. So, I don't know, Catherine Zeta-Jones, maybe? Um, she's a little she's old. Them, but, um, <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Get... She's old. Sorry. <laughs> But what, about, uh, what about Vikander? Alicia Vikander or whatever. She's too young. Yeah, she's too young for Alex, right? Too, oh, yeah, I guess so. What about... Think, that chick in the Punisher is pretty good. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. I mean, Teresa... Oh. oh, you know who would be good for this version of Talia? Oh, what's her face? The, the girl who was like the wife to um, Tyrell or Oberyn oh, okay. Tyrell in... Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can't see Batman fucking her, but I guess. <laughs> like again, I'm saying like if you're the daughter of Rachel Ghoul, you shouldn't look like Teresa Palmer, who looks like, even though she's Australian, she looks like any other like blonde white American yeah Australian definitely yeah. yeah definitely. So I guess that would be like my cast for it, just off the top of my head. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I guess we could segue into uh, just talking about DC movies in general, the future right. yeah. of stuff. We kind of talked last time about Justice League. I think it's smart for them to do Legion of Doom. They might as well run with that. Flashpoint, yeah. they're going to be, they're going to have to figure out some way to do the whole Thomas Wayne Batman thing because it's not going to make sense if they do stay in the comics. They said that Flashpoint's going to be made based on the performance of Justice League. And <laughs> Justice League had kind of a disappointing box office. Mm-hmm. $96 million, right? That's what they made. How much did it cost? That's what they made last weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, basically, it's it's not a flop. But it's not good. Mm-hmm. And just to put it in comparison, Avengers 
made two hundred seven million opening weekend. Justice League ninety six. <laughs> Ouch. So, Less than half. <laughs> How much does Justice League cost? I don't know, actually, but it's it's definitely it's not looking good it's, up there. Yeah, I mean, but they, you they, know why. They, they got Aquaman coming out, and they definitely going to make a Wonder Woman sequel. So we're oh, at yeah. least getting two more, and Shazam probably is going to happen. So it is like at this point, like we'll see how Aquaman does, but it's almost like you might as well just continue with the Wonder Woman franchise. And with the DC, DC's advantage over Marvel is that everybody sort of knows Superman, Batman. And Wonder Woman, so you do kind of have this kind of segues into what I want to talk about next. But um, you do start an opportunity to have creative licenses of just turning into the studio, just give the reins to people with different visions of these characters. Brad Bird, mm-hmm. for Superman. yeah, Brad Bird, yeah, or, that'd be cool, uh, that'd be amazing. Matthew Vaughn, also good. Um, and for a Superman movie, and just you know, you know, there was rumors about a Bat- Superman uh, Red Sun movie too, like the like go elsewhere or have a different versions, different takes and stuff. Cause like we've already seen like Superman movies, you're always going to get compared to Superman, the movie. So yeah. you might as well like do something new with it. Batman, you're always going to be compared to Nolan. Like at this point, like do different shit. Yeah. Let's not yeah. do another version of the origin of any of these characters. Let's not do another like Batman versus Joker thing, unless it's something different. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where we go. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there is a sector of, DC films that is going to be not connected to the universe because they announced that with this Joker origin movie. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Now, this is, is directed by, supposedly going to be directed by Todd Phillips from The Hangover, uh, supposedly produced by Martin Scorsese. Um, apparently going to be set in the 80s and sort of being this the origin of the Joker sort of thing. Um, I don't know what's in the script, but I... I'm kind of down for a Scorsese style Joker movie, but not as an origin thing. Not because I have a problem with the origin. I think I might have talked here before, but I just feel that the whole idea of Joker not having an origin is kind of blown out of proportion. He does have an origin. He's the guy who fell into the chemicals and shit. That's all like the, like without that, you don't get all these other things that work like Jason, like Jason Todd coming back as the red hood doesn't work unless Joker was the red hood. Uh-huh. So yeah. you kind of need the whole Red Hood thing. Yeah. Um, if they're going to do this Joker movie, um, I would prefer it, instead of being just like this origin thing of like, you know, this is how um, this is how he learned to laugh or whatever. Like any, any sort of lame light sort of thing. I'd prefer it to be sort of the Joker's greatest hits sort of movie. Yeah. Okay. Because let's let's think about it. Joker's best stories. Your most well, if you think let's just rattle them off the top of your head in chronological order. This Batman number one, his first appearance. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, Joker's five way revenge in the seventies, the laughing fish. Even you could throw in killing joke in there. Mm-hmm. You can throw in um occasional Capaldini shit. The, uh what they all have in common though is they're all short. Yeah. None of them mm-hmm. you can actually turn into a feature film. Like even the Killing Joe animated movie had to add a stupid ass like 20 minutes <laughs> prologue no, just yeah. to justify its existence. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> just release a fucking short ass yeah. movie. But like a 60 minute movie. <laughs> I'd watch that shit. Yeah. They, fuck. So here's my pitch for the Joker movie. You yes. start out. I'm ready. <laughs> it's a slow-mo shot of the Red Hood falling into the chemicals. And you do it's this is basically a Goodfellas style movie with the Joker where he's narrating. He's like, all right, this is how it all started. Yeah. You know, 
you might see some occasional flashback of the same actor playing like he's playing him as a, as a gangster. He's playing him as the failed comedian. He's playing. You go through like all the Joker origins ever in the comics just to be like, I could have been this. I could have been that. Mm-hmm. You know what matters? It doesn't matter. All that matters is what happened after I took a swim. And so he falls in. Cool. He comes out as the Joker. Last, he's insane. And then we actually continue from there. How did he get the purple suit? How did he get all the gadgets? Things no. like that. Um, you actually see him show up. Oh my god! Yeah, a bunch of gangsters look at him and they're like, "Who the fuck are you?" Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who the fuck this guy is. You know, and we've never we're so used to Joker like coming in and having a presence. Nobody knows who he is at this point. He can walk around the street and people think he's kind of a freak, but like he fits in right with like the goths and everything. Like mm-hmm. nobody like bats an eye because he hasn't done anything yet. Right. Um, and then he starts developing something. You see his fascination with Batman develop, and then you see a brief sort of adaptation of the Batman number one intro of him. Um, you do that, and you essentially do, as I said, this is the Joker's greatest hit, so this is the Joker's career in a Goodfellas-style type movie. Mm-hmm, cool. So we see him go through you know, his first encounter with Batman. We see him come out and meet Robin for the first time. We see him do all the different crimes. The Joker's Spyway Revenge, the stuff of the shark, the laughing fish. We see all that shit. Um, and we see him develop as the Joker and his obsession. Like, why can't Batman fucking notice me? Or why hasn't why hasn't he laughed yet? And see, just it's built off the relationship between these two. And maybe the third act is the killing joke. Mm, is yes. the big confrontation between the two of the two of them, where it's just like we're gonna, you know, Batman being like, we're gonna kill each other eventually, and all that. Um, so that's what I think it should be is yes. just, just put in all the Joker shit that he's known for, all the stories that you can't adapt in feature film, put it in one feature film, cast, you know... Uh, oh, oh, and also, like, like comic book the shit out of this stuff in terms of, like, the designs. I want to see, you know, Joker starts out, he looks like the Joker from Batman number one. Batman stops him, he looks like the 1940s Batman. And then you see them both evolve. Because he's the kind of guy that put on different makeup as time goes along. Yeah, is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, like Grant Morrison had that whole idea of like he reinvents himself each time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like maybe you see him where he's just like, you know what? I was happy during this time, and that's why I didn't really kill anybody. And then you see it's like, <laughs> nice. it's like, it's like the great. 1960s and stuff where like Batman and Robin are stopping him, but he's just a thief and everything. Um, you see all these like different costume changes, and then you see things get darker. And he's like, you know what? Right. I got bored. It's time for me to kill again. And then he's a little Joker's fight where revenge happens. Uh, and all that like there's so much you have 70 to 80 years of material of joker stuff to, to draw off of draw off of that right don't just focus on the origin and shit or doing yet another movie of you know batman being blindsided by joker's appearance this is the joker movie and the ultimate joker movie to me is adapting everything right 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 yeah. um and goodfellas you're saying is the major influence tone tone wise Tone wise, but mainly in terms of it having a voiceover and it being about the career, of uh-huh. the criminal, and being gangster related. Yeah, but mainly the whole like that you know, Goodfellas being or Casino are both like two to three hour epics of uh-huh. like that span years of time. Yeah, and this yeah. is going to span That'd years of time cool. in the Joker's in the Joker's career. So like, run with that, you know. Try it. See all the different like. See him recreate the Neil Adams Joker and then uh-huh. turn into the Brian Boland Joker and turn into the. Hell, you could even try to do the Greg Capullo Joker with a death in the family, death in the right. family sort of thing if you wanted to. Who would you uh, cast as Batman in this? Hmm. I mean, does it matter as like, much? It doesn't really matter movie? as much. I mean, the the rumors for Joker, the rumor for Joker was DiCaprio. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, wow. Honestly, I'd be down to see how he turns out after seeing Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. I'd be very curious. Yeah. Like, if, if DiCaprio's ever going to do or a comic Django. movie. Yeah. yeah, and Django is yeah, evil, Django, too. Yeah. yeah. If, if he's ever going to do a comic movie, he might as well play the greatest comic book villain ever. Yeah, where yeah. Where he's the main star. Like, this is this is made for him. And if Scorsese actually signed on for it, do it. Well, Scorsese is just producing, but it's, still, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big producing. thing. Um. To, for the Batman going up against him, you need somebody who's also kind of on the older side. This isn't connected to the Ben Affleck stuff, so hell, I'll just go with my previous dream casting for Affleck. Just put John Hamm in the bat suit. Like yeah, he's my yeah, pick. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, because uh, he he looks for this. Yeah, like Bruce yeah. Wayne. You know, yeah. he can act the hell out I of agree. it. The whole Don Draper stuff. Like, yeah, you haven't really seen him in that physical of a role, but that's taken care of with a personal trainer and. You know, training for Stunt, martial arts, stuntmen, and stuntmen too. You got the costume and all that. Like, you really think Affleck yeah. did all that he shit? Like, no. no, man. So um, he's got the butt chin. And like, yeah. go get yeah, true. Also, with Joker, go traditional with it. Like, let's not no raccoon eyes and scars, no tattoo, yeah. damaged, no damaged tattoo Ugh. and grill. Like, I like if it's DiCaprio, whoever they get for Joker, I want it to look like a live action recreation of. Of what I've seen in the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the poster could just be a live action version of the Killing Joke cover. What if it was Willem <laughs> Dafoe? Yeah. I'd love it, but he's too damn old. He's yeah, old, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love it. Willem Dafoe as Joker to me is the greatest casting that ever happened. Yeah, I know, right? Think, it's a it's a shame, actually. Plus he's busy yeah. with Aquaman, apparently. Like, yeah, he's he an Aquaman. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, he was cut from Justice League, but he's still in Aquaman. So yeah. if I can, if I can, uh, a Ryan Gosling Joker might not be too bad if you saw the nice guys. Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Like, I've his his name was apparently supposedly he was the choice before Leto. Really, he'd be really to play the Joker. Uh, yeah, because oh, if wow. you if you look up Ryan Gosling's Suicide Squad, they, everybody's saying like he he's being courted for a role in it, and some say that it was Joker. I don't know. Yeah. Um, if you Google Ryan Gosling laugh though, yeah, there's a segment on YouTube. It was from an interview of Steve Carell and him on Crazy Stupid Love, and I guess like Ryan Gosling was sampling a fake laugh. Yeah, his fake laugh is essentially the Mark Hamill Joker laugh. Really? Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's watch the nice guys. He fucking he's wacky. He'd be amazing. But I also think Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, he's rumored as Batman. He'd be a great Joker as well. Mm-hmm. Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we'll get into that soon. But sorry, <laughs> Gyllenhaal. Um, I think here, here's the thing. Oh, Gyllenhaal. I think he can definitely pull off the Joker. I just don't think he's ever going to take it because of the whole Heath connection. Yeah. Like oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like yeah. he would do it. But he'd be Batman, you think? Um, yes. Uh I mean that's segues into the next thing I want to talk about because he's rumored to take over for Affleck. Yeah. Right. And this Matt yeah. Reeves thing. So um my opinion, I'm all for it. It's yeah. not no, agreed. Yeah, it's not the traditional thumbs up. But um I mean if, just off the bat, uh Jillian Hall for me was he was kind of my out of the box choice for Riddler a while mm-hmm. back because of Nightcrawler. If you just take him from Nightcrawler, and yeah, put him in the yeah. green and everything, and do I know I pitched the Riddler movie earlier, but do that movie with him, yeah, he'd be great. But um, he's being courted for this, and I think he's definitely like he's in his mid thirties. He's younger than Affleck. He can pull it off. He's definitely fit. Have you seen Southpaw? How fucking ripped he got for that yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything. Um, 
And uh, I mean, some other qualities that because we all know he's, you know, he's a solid actor. He definitely pull off emotional intensity. He's played detectives before, whether it's like Zodiac when he was investigating that or prisoners. Prisoners. Played, so good. Yeah, he's played unhinged people in like Nightcrawler and stuff like he, he can pull off that part. Some stuff that doesn't get brought off up, up often. He was the second choice after Bale for the Dark Knight. Oh, shit. So really? Yeah. Damn, David wow. Goyer, he was David Goyer said that he was his favorite for that until he saw Bale's audition. Oh, wow. I even I even talked to I, at one point I met Goyer at like a panel thing and I asked him I tried to get straight up from uh -huh. like what that audition was like because I was really curious. Yeah, because one thing that Gyllenhaal like isn't really known for is, you know, the deep voice, you know, the yeah. bad voice, things like that. So I'm just like, how is this audition like? And, you know, Goyer gave me a very political answer. Just like, well, they're both great actors and like, I'm, you know, Bale does a great job. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, I was like, all right, well, that doesn't tell me shit, but okay. Um, but Warriors a turd. <laughs> uh, Gyllenhaal to me is very similar to um, how Michael Keaton's Batman would be. I, I can kind of see that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. The reason why is uh, the whole rationale behind Michael Keaton's casting at the time was Tim Burton says, in the real world, a six foot two really built guy doesn't need a fucking Batman costume to intimidate you. Mm -hmm. to uh -huh. beat you up. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense for me to cast an Arnold Schwarzenegger or a guy who, who's like that. It makes more sense to cast a guy who can play the Bruce Wayne role, who can play the emotionally unhinged role and isn't necessarily thought of as a guy who can kick your ass. Right, right, and right. That's why I could cast Michael Keaton. I see Hall in the same light. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's more, he's taller and more built than Keaton. And he's played, you know, characters who can kick other people's asses, but he's not really known for like he doesn't have the same persona as like The Rock, where you're just like you don't want to mess with that guy. Yeah. Um. So I think that's that's definitely something he did talk about. Um. You know, there's a clip that's going around off the Howard Stern show, where uh, Howard Stern was asking like, "How would you have played Batman?" And Stern Hall kind of jokes where he's just like, you know, instead of being like swear to me with the whole voice thing, I would just been like, "I'm fucking Batman." But like <laughs> the. It's not really a clear-cut answer, but what it tells me, kind of based off of that, I mean, it, I mean, part of it is joking, but it sounds like he would have let the suit do more of the talking. He would have mm -hmm, been yeah. more of the Keaton style, where he's yeah. like, I don't have to put on much of a voice. That angry Batman, though, dude, when he says, swear to me, <laughs> I love that scene, though, man. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. I do know what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's... Well, I mean, Affleck and Justice League just use a voice modification thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. like, he could just talk normally and just distort his voice and make it slightly deeper i mean yeah, it can all no, be done in post man it's like, like not a yeah. <laughs> i'd say just go slightly deeper with your just your like actors inflection yeah. i don't even like, like the like Keaton, basically the voice, the voice modification thing it's better than nolan's thing that he did mm -hmm. but it's it's i don't know man i think that there's too much attention to pay to that i mean so yeah i read what i did that would be cool for a future thing where like what if Batman was just the actor's regular voice and they just went higher with the Bruce Wayne? Yeah, right. Oh yeah. Or, like Batman Bruce, Bruce Wayne's the mask after a certain point. That's right? basically what Kevin Conroy does. Like his regular yeah, right? voice kind of sounds in between his Bruce Wayne voice and his Batman. Voice. The next guy they hire, they need to just have a sit down session with Kevin Conroy for a couple days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so what do you do here? What do you do here? I'd love you to see I mean? that documentary. Where Kevin yeah. Conroy's at the bank and shit. <laughs> the voice of Batman. No, no, no. Like, like, like if Jake Gyllenhaal is hired, Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. like has a weekend. Yeah. 
like has two or three lunches at least with Kevin Conroy talking about it deeply. You know, I, I don't know yeah. if I want him to like do that voice or try to do it. Just like, I think I like if he tries to imitate the animated series voice, like Jalen Hall's uh he's he's a good actor. He can figure it out. I feel like if he gets this role and he is our new Batman, he's got it. He knows what he's gonna do. Him and Matt Reeves will have many talks about it. Him being kind of unhinged is definitely like the I think the biggest plus with the Jillian Hall casting, mm-hmm. if it is a, an actual casting. Yeah, I mean, I have had even though they weren't great, Batman vs Superman Justice League was the first time where I could look up and be like, okay, that looks like the Bruce Wayne from the comics. That looks like the Batman from the comics. Right. Um, it's something I was been yearning for ever since I was a kid was just to look up and see like, okay, they got they got the visuals right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of okay with going non traditional in uh-huh. uh, different aspects um whether it's with the voice or the casting or someone who necessarily isn't you know six two or six five or known for playing guys like this um because i think more important than anything i realized um after just league i have appreciation for when there's a take on things mm-hmm. you know we talked about how yeah um you know snyder at least had a director of vision in man of steel and right. superman so i'm open to seeing like let's see this matt reeves film noir detective shit right um let's see this you know the john wick director's version of like batman let's see this other guy yeah that would be good all these like different um takes on the character with different actors i'm like well that's a whole other thing like (laughs) we talked about that i read that script too oh there's Um, a script yeah Oh my God! How, so, oh, do you want we to say well, into that? Too. Well, we might as well talk about that since we're talking about stuff that was never Holy made. Holy shit! Darren Aronofsky, Frank Miller, Batman Year One, and it is a mind fuck. Uh huh. Um, yes. It's basically a statement towards all those people who say like Batman's just rich; he has it easy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because Batman's not rich in this movie. Uh huh. Yeah. It looks like Aronofsky was thinking of Joaquin Phoenix for Bruce Whoa, Wayne. Oh wow. Uh-huh. Backstory was that um, Thomas Wayne, Thomas, Martha, Bruce, walking back from theater, they got shot. Um, same old, same old, except um, instead of being found by Leslie Tompkins, Bruce gets found by a mechanic named Big Al. Uh, who's this black dude and uh, takes him and sort of takes him in um, and raises him. And his son, Little Al, I guess, takes over after Big Al dies. <laughs> I don't know why there were two black Alfreds in this thing, but yeah. <laughs> um, it, he's uh, his son, Little Al, is the is sort of the Alfred surrogate. And this Bruce Wayne has like lived. He he's he's built because of how much stuff he's had to lift on the job. He's he's built because of manual labor, not yeah. because mm-hmm. of um, anything else. But he is mentally unhinged. He is yearning to get out there. And shit like that, and uh, all that he's left with is his father's ring that says TW on it. Um, huh. for Thomas Wayne, and uh, he, he's just, I guess, torn up by all the different corruption and everything that's going on in the city. You see a lot of moments from the comic, uh, year one with Gordon. Yeah. So you got Lieutenant Gordon, you got Detective Flass, cool. and everything like that. It's just a lot seedier. Do they have that famous scene about? The city of Gotham tonight, you dying or something like that. Is that that's from that comic, I, right? I wish I remember. I don't remember if it's in. I think it's, okay. it's some version that has to be. You have you have things. eaten well, Gotham, or some some You've scene like wealth, it's spirit, but your feast is nearly over. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's the 
that's I don't know if it's in there. I do know that um, the dominatrix version of Selena Kyle is in this. Okay. Uh, I couldn't help but think Rosario Dawson from Sin City when I read this. Okay. Um, but she's sort of fleshed out a little more. Um, you basically see all the sleazy shit a lot more in this than in the comic. This is like our not this is full R-rated Batman. Okay. Um, nice. <laughs> in here. And um, they do the origin of him becoming Batman a little differently um, from what I remember. Because uh, he goes, he like, he goes to the library and stuff to like read up on, on different shit. That's how, I guess, instead of going around different colleges, that's how he learns mm-hmm. different things. But um, one awesome moment is he's, he tries to show up at a bar to like fight crime, but there's too many of them. So he, he's only locked up in um, the men's bathroom. So, like, what the fuck is he going to do? He can't get out. There's no, like, window to get him out. But he has a janitor's closet full of cleaning stuff. And cleaning stuff is chemicals. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, takes a page out of the anarchist cookbook from his memory and creates an explosive wow. to get oh. himself out of there. And like, holy shit, okay. <laughs> like, this is this oh. type of Batman. Um, and he's going off and he's, he's, he's punching criminals in the face and shit like that. <laughs> and he's doing it with his father's ring. Okay. CW and people are being and this is gonna have echoes. People are being branded with what looks like a bat oh. on their cheeks because of the T the way the T W the T is like right over the W, so it looks like a bat to other people. Okay. And so like he's seeing this on the TV right around the time the bat like flies through the window and stuff like that, and that's where he comes on the up with the deal where he's like, "Yeah, I'll become a bat." And there's wow. like, except this is he has no Lucius Fox. So uh, he's making all this shit from like homemade materials. He yes, like, yes. he puts like a school Burning bus Man engine. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he like puts like a school bus engine in like a Lincoln Continental and that's like his yes. Batman. Wow. Yeah, like he this is the complete opposite of the Christian Bale Batman who needed like Lucius Fox to make everything. This guy like makes everything. Wow. On his it. own. Um and there's no like unlike Batman Begins, there's no Rogues Gallery villain. The mm. villains are literally Commissioner Loeb and the mayor. Wow. I mean, cool. Selena Kyle's in it. Nice. Um, there is a brief moment where Gordon has to visit Arkham Asylum and he passes by somebody with green hair. But mm. there's not like there's that, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, Selena doesn't really become Catwoman until the end. Um, but the ending is pretty much uh, year one where he helps save the commissioner. Well, not commissioner. Uh, Gordon's uh, kid. And everything and an additional twist is that um i guess subplot is that bruce decides to come back home because everybody's searching for the wayne heir they mm. don't you know they don't think that bruce ever died years ago and bruce is like that's me i have to step forward oh wow. so he sort of realizes cool. he has to do that and so by the end he steps back into the spotlight and goes back to the manor this is the second best one ever made never made um trying to think what else have i read um is that one is that one uh easy to find in such a way you can yeah i think i think it's easy to find all these all these that i've read have wound up on the internet at some point no the the best okay the second best one that i've read is um goes way back um i'm I'm trying to think if there's anything any other the phantom no no no. uh this is we're talking we're talking the 1980s pre-tim burton the very first script for uh, a Batman movie when Michael Uslan was trying to get. Oh the shit! Really? Was Tom Mankiewicz who had previously written Superman the movie? Okay. Uh, and he wrote a script called The Batman. Okay. Uh, funny enough, which is now the, the, the yeah. Movie. 
but it was when my dad was watching uh, when I was showing him the uh, the Nolan Batman movies. Mm-hmm. He just kept asking, why they call him the Batman? Why the Batman? Because they didn't do that with the Adam West one. I always thought that was so funny. It was like, they call him the Batman a lot, man. It's yeah. to help the urban legend thing. Yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why. It just seems like it feels more urban legend. It's not like you call it the Bigfoot. But like with Batman, it seems to feel more urban legend. Well, if you said <laughs> the Unabomber or something. Uh, or yeah, I guess so. Something like that. I mean, yeah, what you said, like urban legend type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was... Um, this is almost like Batman Begins, but if it were made in the 1980s. Okay. Like, you literally, you start with him with Thomas and Martha. You establish, like, the family dynamic. They get killed. Mm-hmm. You see the origin, him going through college and shit like that. Um, uh, and, you know, I will become a bat. And all, you, you see all the stuff that uh, ended up kind of in Batman Begins. Okay. Uh, but it had its own twist to it. So, Thomas Wayne was running for mayor up against Rupert Thorne. Okay. Nice. In this. And Rupert Thorne wants to take him out. So he hires the Joker. Okay. Joker exists when Bruce is a kid. Okay. Uh, and it's not like Jack Napier in the 1980s when he's already got like the green hair and, and the white face. Yeah. So the Joker is yeah. like, all right, I'll take care of this for you. So the Joker being the mom boss, he is hires a hitman named Joe Chill. Okay. And Joe Chill is the one who kills. It gets, it's kind of overly complicated because now there's like three people involved with the Thomas Wayne murder as opposed to just Jack Napier in the final movie. Mm-hmm. But this kind of shows like the idea that Joker was behind the murders yeah. started way before Tim Burton was even on there. Okay. Um, there's a you know, very first draft. Joker kills Joe Chill after the Wayne murders. There's a second draft, though, where that doesn't happen. There's an even better version of it, but I'll get into it when we get there. Um, Bruce has to grow up with Alfred. We see him sort of do some training stuff in Gotham, but uh, essentially at one point he tries to stop a crime in an alley with a family and he fails. He fails to save the father of the family and he feels bad about it. And you know, it's almost like if only they were afraid of me sort of thing. Mind you, this was written before year one. Mm -hmm. So this is his take on it before Frank Miller even wrote the whole fight with Celine Kyle and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and he uh, he rediscovers this cave from his childhood, and he goes into he goes deep into the cave, and he gets surrounded by bats, just like in Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Again, that's that's a beat that's not in the comics, wasn't in the comics at the time, and was somehow brought to life by Nolan, who may or may not have even read the script. He probably read it, dude. Yeah. I, honestly, uh, I probably handed him a stack of whatever <laughs> was. To be I don't, honest, I don't put it past him at it's, all. It's a fantastic visual, um, mm-hmm. and he's like, "All right, I'm going to go to work," and we see. Batman's first night out. And it's very yes. similar to the Superman, the movie version where uh, Superman was like fighting and stopping all these very different crimes. We see that with Batman where it's a slow buildup where it's almost like Dark Knight Returns again, like before the Dark Knight Returns was even written where like you see just glimpses of him where he's stopping different crimes all over until finally you get like a full money shot of him like in the suit uh-huh. and everything like that. Commissioner Gordon, of course, is fucking pissed everything like here's this vigilante i gotta stop him but batman like wants to come to him and uh he's like hey i'm on your side sort Mm -hmm. of thing um but gordon's got like the gun on him and he's like you know like you you know you know you need my help Mm -hmm. everything like you know (laughs) um but like if you don't believe that then you just might as well pull the trigger right and gordon instead of pulling the trigger decides all right you know what i'm gonna work with you um but batman has unfinished business because in the second draft he tracks down joe chill Okay. In the bat suit. And he confronts him and he brings up like, hey, 
you killed Thomas Martha Wayne years ago, and I know it because I'm their son. Uh huh. And the moment he takes off the mask, Joe Chill's like, holy shit, it's you. And Joe Chill has a heart attack because that's the murder that haunted him for years. Oh, wow. Guilt, and he dies. From just, Batman kills him, not in a murder way, but just almost by default. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he returns to Alfred, and, and Alfred's like, so what are you going to do? Because you got your thing. You got your justice. And Batman's like, well, it's not about that anymore. It's not about me anymore. And so the rest of the movie is him up against the Joker and Rupert Thorne. Um, and about two-thirds of the way into the movie, he goes to the circus. <laughs> this is how crowded this fucking movie is. Because we have Batman Begins, and then two-thirds of the, You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. They insisted in Robin being this movie. So yeah. now we suddenly have a Robin origin movie, like three-fourths of the way into this. Wonderful. <laughs> but it's kind of like Mankiewicz does a good job sort of tying in the different... Um, you know, we had just seen Batman's origin sort of thing, so he knows exactly what this kid's going through, so he has the same beats. But it ends in a weird way. We have Batman and Robin going up against Joker and Rupert Thorne in... Uh, they go all full Dick Spring. It's this museum full of oversized objects. Okay. Sort of thing. And um, I think Joker has Silver St. Cloud. She would have been the, the love interest. Okay. Um, so it's in cloud, like strapped to like this giant typewriter, and like if he if he shoots a certain key, she dies. So he keeps like shooting different keys. Wow. And, like, so they actually did that. They yeah they he well Mankiewicz did that. They didn't like you know create it, but yeah. uh, Batman. Uh, oh yeah, and both yeah. Robin's parents would have been killed by Joker too. Okay. So you kind of have this weird coincidence where both Batman and Robin's parents were killed by Joker. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, Joker gets arrested. Rupert Thorne. Um, I think he accidentally, not accidentally, but like Silver Saint Proud in the first draft gets caught in the crossfire and gets shot and dies. This would have been a dark ending. And Batman's like, damn you, Rupert Thorne. And he shoved, <laughs> he like, he like does something that causes Rupert Thorne to fall into a giant pencil sharpener and get ground up. I was like, what the fuck is this? But like, that's, that's the, that's in the original first draft. And, uh, you know, Batman stops the Joker, but he lost the love of his life. Uh, in the second draft, um, she gets shot but only wounded, so it wasn't nearly as um, much of a downer. Um, first draft also had Penguin in uh, a oh. brief uh, where Joker hires him to uh, take him out, so Penguin kind of had this car chase with the Batmobile. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that were in it. Uh, the Batmobile flew on rooftops again. Oh, wow, the like Batman Begins. Yep. Exactly. Wow, that was in the fucking cooker for a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's at least one other thing that wound up in uh, in Begins, but uh, Mankiewicz was asked, like, who would you see in this role? And remember, this is like 1982. So, um, he Mickey Rourke. <laughs> he actually said an unknown for Batman, because he's like, look what we did with Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I want to see an unknown take on the role. Uh, David Niven as Alfred. Okay. Uh, William Holden as Gordon. Um, Peter O'Toole as the Penguin, which is oh, interesting. Wow. Oh, okay. I remember reading that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, his choice for the Joker, Jack Nicholson. Okay. Nice. Uh, Apparently, so, the, the Shining had a lot to do with that. Whenever he's yeah. like the Here's Johnny scene and all mm -hmm. that. Apparently, Michael Uslan drew Joker drew Joker makeup on him on the in a newspaper ad because the newspaper ad used that shot of Jack Nicholson busting through that door in The Shining, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that was kind of in the, I guess you could say the collective unconscious at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, 
for that kind of thing. Absolutely. Though apparently, um, I think it was Joe Dante who was uh, attached to the director, and his choice was John Lithgow. That's Joker. weird. Yeah. Um, right. I could see that. Raising yeah. Kane. He's crazy in that movie. The uh, Dexter season four. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, but he his heart wasn't in it. Uh, Tim Burton, I think, met with him uh-huh. later on for when it was the Sam Ham draft. Um, and uh, he was he was like uh, Joker. Like I'm just gonna laugh around like Cesar Romero. And of course he like <laughs> he he regretted it later. Um, but yeah, the Batman is probably my second favorite after Justice League more in terms of like what wasn't made. Since we're on this tangent, I might as well go into like all the other like scripts that I've read. Um, yeah, you're very knowledgeable, and you remember all the beats. I, like, well, I mean, they stand I don't, out to me. I don't think I would remember all the fucking beats, man. <laughs> and you remember like all the draft changes and mm-hmm. shit. Because I read them all. Um, <clears throat> this original draft for Sam Ham for the Tim Burton movie was very different. Um, there was no uh, "You Killed My Parents." Okay, Batman and Joker were the same age. Okay, uh, Jack Napier was in his mid thirties. He was not Jack Nicholson. He was more of a David Bowie type, actually. Okay. He sounded like he was he was almost androgynous, very effeminate, very vain and everything. And like it's because of the fact that he fell on the chemicals and turned into this clown that he went insane. Uh Bruce Wayne is not described like Michael Keaton at all. He's more described like the traditional Batman, where he's just like this, you know, muscle upon muscle type of mm-hmm. dude. Um but the crux of the script was that um Vicky Vale was almost the main character. Oh well, wow. um, it felt it felt like that. I don't think it was intentional, but it, it felt like Vicky Vale was the main character, and Bruce had this dilemma where he was like, "I'm trying to fight crime and shit, but I'm I'm human. I'm falling in love. Shit, like this is not what is supposed <laughs> to happen." Uh, and shit like that. It was it, it, he, Sam Ham's pitch for the whole movie was this is about an insane man who turns sane. Hmm. Um, I don't think that really comes across in the Tim Burton version, uh, but that was the original idea behind it. Um, Joker kills way more people in the original draft than in the movie. He kills like hundreds of thousands of people in Gotham. Jesus. Um, he kills more people than Heath Ledger's Joker did in The Dark Knight. Like, it's wow. ridiculous. Um, the, he's like killing people in every single scene. Um, he has like a whole scene where he like addresses a whole room full of corpses. Not like, nice. you know, the, he has that scene. Jack Nicholson had that scene with one corpse. He like has a whole audience full of corpses. That's wow. awesome. Uh, in this. Um, there is you did get to see Wayne Enterprises. Um, you did get one scene with Bruce Wayne and his friend Harvey Dent. Okay. They had they had a conversation and it was implied because uh, Bruce was trying to give him a tip to Harvey, being like, you know, you can't go after the Joker this way because he's got everything. Uh, and Harvey's like, you know, I can't like what am I gonna tell the police? I can't just tell them that this billionaire playboy just happens to have these tips. And you get the sense from the scene. Harvey might know that Bruce is Batman. Uh-huh. So that would that was an interesting beat. Uh and then just like in the Tom Mankiewicz draft, like three fourths of the way in, um, Joker ends up killing an acrobat family. <laughs> and we have a Robin Origin <laughs> movie this, just randomly. <laughs> they really wanted that shit. Um but almost similar to Justice League, Bruce was kind of on a suicide mission to take out Joker at the end. Um the original version of the cathedral was um Batman makes it up the stairs. Joker doesn't take Vickyville hostage. He makes it up the stairs to chase down Joker, and he passes the fuck out. Okay. He passes out, and Joker's like, ha, I have you now, and everything. Uh-huh. Um, and he has Batman, 
and he thinks he's going to kill him. And this is going to be, you know, he gets get away with his mistake. And he keeps hearing this beeping sound. And he realizes Batman's attached a bomb okay. to himself. And he's also, uh, he's also, um, I think he's handcuffed himself to Joker, or he's like grabbing on a Joker. Yeah, he's grabbing himself on a Joker. And Joker realizes, holy shit, Batman's on a suicide mission and wants to take me out. So Joker tries to like move the fuck away. Mm-hmm. And he's scared shitless. And Batman's like, what? No sense of humor. Like he he's basically like he's ready to die to take this guy out. Uh-huh. Um, and Joker makes it to the helicopter, but instead of the whole grappling gun thing, like in the Tim Burton movie, a whole swarm of bats come out and swarm Joker on that ladder, and that's why he falls to his death. Oh shit! Um, and then Batman uses the bomb that he was going to use to kill himself. He decides he wants to live again, and he throws it at the helicopter instead. So yeah, Sam Ham's Batman still killed people. <laughs> but those are the main things I remember from uh, that version. Again, very different from the Tim Burton one. Um, might have, might have been a um, definitely would have been a different movie. But I, it's it's very. I think it would have been deeper in the characters, um, at least in, mm-hmm. in terms of Bruce and Vicky, in that one. Um, so the Tim Burton movie came out and they decided, hey, um, Sam Hamm did such a good job with this last movie. We're going to give him, we're going to let him write the sequel. Um, and Sam Hamm was like, all right, I'll do it. And they said they wanted Penguin and Catwoman. So he wrote a script called Batman 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nothing like Batman Returns. Okay. Uh, still <laughs> a Penguin, still a Catwoman. Uh, Penguin was hunting after these clay statues of birds. Okay. That all the rich families of Gotham were, and he was hiring a serial killer called the Catwoman. It's a very different Catwoman. Serial killer. She flat out killed people with her claws and shit. This was not the combo Catwoman. Um, and they were going after these um, these statues, and Bruce was trying to figure out the mystery behind it and everything like that. And apparently, uh, these were created by the people who found in Gotham, and there's like some treasure that's buried, and everybody wanted to protect the treasure and stuff. And Thomas Wayne apparently didn't want to keep the secret, didn't want to be part of it. And Bruce confronts the rest of the, the other rich families and they confess, yeah, that's why our parents had your parents killed. Oh. So it would have tied in there with the whole Jack Napier thing. Uh, in the meantime, and you'll see this is a, a common thread. There's this random orphan kid fighting crime. <laughs> um, so you know where that's heading. Um, but what's interesting like, is the finale was set in Wayne Manor. What is it? Um, with the Robin stuff. I, they, they kept putting that, in Robin to every single thing. They're like, we got it. Does it have to do it. with uh, Hollywood pedophilia? Oh, man. No, I would deep, not be Deep down that. and secretly, they're just like, we got to have that boy in the tights, baby. Got to have that Robin. Tim Burton just hated the character anyway. So it's just like, I'll anyway. just throw him in at the end. <laughs> yeah. um, but he would have... The finale was Batman with Vicky Vale, by the way. Vicky can basically just Vicky Vale would have returned. Okay. Um, and Vicky Vale and Dick Grayson in the manor, and then it gets invaded by Penguin and Catwoman, who want that last, you know, statue. Mm. Obviously, they save the day and everything. And at the end, Bruce Wayne proposes to Vicky Vale. Oh wow! Yeah, and that would have been the end, and you you would have had this like family of him, Vicky, and like Dick Grayson as a son. Um. Tim Burton read the script and he fucking hated it and he threw it out and he fired Sam Ham and he wow. hired someone else because nice. apparently he had such a hard time with the 89 movie that uh, 
he didn't want it to feel like a direct sequel. And this is what it felt like. It felt like a direct sequel. Vicky Vale was still in there. So that's why Batman Returns is so different from uh, 89's Batman. Even just the look, the look of Gotham is because he he uh, he wanted to divorce himself. He wanted more control. So he hired Daniel Waters uh, to write Batman Returns. It was still called Batman 2. Um, and in this one, Oswald Cobblepot was a made-up name. Okay. The original version of Batman Returns. Um, he didn't know what his actual name was until it was revealed at the end. His real last name was Shrek. Okay. It turned out Penguin's penguin was the abandoned brother of max shrek in the oh, original version okay and that would have tied christopher walken's character a little further into this um at one point um there's a mention of riddler at the end that kind of okay. would be cool foretelling because they didn't really know who the next villain was going to be um they would have extended more of um penguin hiding out in like this carnival type area like the finale is penguin and batman fighting on a fucking roller coaster and shit oh wow like, that way different um biggest difference though is that uh, you guys remember when in batman returns the batman gets taken over by penguin yeah mm -hmm. so batman needs some help with that so he stops by this kid who <laughs> 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 was an acrobat so he just happened to have an R on his chest <laughs> or his what? uniform the um, fuck, dude. Out with the thing. So the unmade scripts They're, are all winners. Can <laughs> all we the, tackle the the boy wonder obsession documentary? I mean, it just comes down to remember. There's most some weird just, cult forming yeah. around this character. I must know more. <laughs> like none of the writers really wanted to put Robin in this. The studios really wanted it. The studios really wanted it, and the reason why was because everybody's perception of Batman was still Adam West in some way. Yeah, and Adam West oh. always had Burt Ward. He always had Robin, so they wanted to put in their Robin. So Tim Burton's mm. like, "All right, but we're gonna throw in my version of Robin, who was this mechanic Robin," and that's why you hear stories about Marlon Wayans. Marlon okay. Wayans was cast as Tim Burton's Robin. Wow, the mechanic mm. Robin in Batman Returns, who would have helped him like get control back on the Batmobile. And everything and kind of help batman at the end but like he didn't have the acrobat origin he didn't really have he didn't really talk about his family much to batman like it was a it's the weirdest way to bring in robin ever mm -hmm. honestly um so that's that was the development of of tim burton's batman batman forever honestly it's pretty like the stuff that i've read it was pretty close to the actual movie so it's not really much to say um Batman and Robin, we'll skip that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, there was a lot of lead-up stuff to Nolan stuff, but the biggest, biggest one was the Aronofsky script. Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty much running out of all the all the ones that I've read. You can find a lot of these um, online, but it's also, uh, but just in general, just to, to wrap up this this topic, um, it's just fascinating reading all this yeah. shit. Just like what could yeah. have been. Because yeah. some stuff is a lot better, and some stuff is way worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it feels like you dodge a bullet. Yeah, I guess what stuff I guess went off of what I said, like what stuff do you guys wish they would have made or are like, thank God they didn't make that. Like, what, what things do you guys? Uh, I want to go first on this one. I think that yeah. it's it's a crime that Fincher hasn't made a Batman movie mm. and probably Arkham Asylum. He'd probably be good for that. Um, Fincher would be good for any Batman movie, probably. But uh, I just know if he, I don't know if he's interested. Yeah. 
he's but his dark style is just so good and his interest in criminals i guess he'd be he like burton and like everybody else he'd be probably more interested in the joker than batman but if he made one i think it'd be very very interesting have him make my joker movie yeah 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 that actually yes he'd probably be more suited to that honestly but that's the first thing that comes to mind what do you guys think uh i mean i think justice league mortal probably should have just went through i think it would have been a cool movie to see um especially for like when they were planning on making it just like i don't know man it'd probably be something we look back on today and be like man that was weird but man was it good you know yeah. uh i don't know uh i that fucking Aronofsky batman sounds dope like i'd love to see some iteration of that just even in comic book form, because they did that with the fountain before the fountain got made. And, you know, I think there was even a Noah comic book before that movie got made. Like, just for him to Frank Miller just to sit down and maybe not rehash like year one, but like ideas that they had. I don't know, like an expanded year one or something, mm-hmm. like with a guest of like, oh, we've re edited it for this version. And it's got our script in it. And we, you know, Frank draws it or someone else draws it. It's like, who wouldn't want to draw that fucking comic book, man? Because I definitely want to fucking read it. I don't know. I'm kind of glad they didn't do do all that Robin shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think that Justice League, just when I like, I remember looking up some of the like the stuff for Martian Manhunter, just some of the stuff they had uh, developed and like already being made. And uh yeah. Yeah, I just it looked cool, like all the production design that went into it, and like, you know, I don't I don't agree with all of the casting, but I think it would have just been a fucking insane movie to see. You know, it's just like a Jodorowsky's Dune comes to mind. Just like God, would I have loved to see that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to hear all that stuff. I mean, you always hear of all these scripts, and you know, they could be tracked down, but like to have the time to just like, you know, if you're doing something else, just sit down and read them. I'm glad Ben's here so he can just like give me the Cliff Notes versions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saved yeah. you guys so many hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember reading the Batman Begins script and it leaked. That's like something so out of character for me, but I was like, I have to know if this is going to be a good Batman movie or not. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And, but I forgot most of what happened. So <laughs> when I actually saw it, I was like, this is good Batman movie. <laughs> But um, in terms of like stuff that could get made or is getting made or whatever, there's the rumor of that um, uh, Margot Robbie, Jared Leto, like Joker Harley movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably recast the Joker. Maybe not, but I'd let, you know, Leto do something in it. Um, but um, I, I want to see the Sid and Nancy Joker and Harley movie. I want to see this twisted love story where the love story makes sense but it's also surrounded by all this chaos that they're creating together you know um that would be cool and whatever ideas that they might have for that currently um if it's just drawn you know it's like in that suicide squad world so there's not a whole lot of faith i have in that but just seeing like this really whacked out like natural born killers you know bring it down a little bit bring it down to maybe a hard PG-13 or um, or an R, you know, but maybe not like super hard R like Natural Born Killers, but that same Mickey Mallory kind of like dynamic um, Sid and Nancy kind of thing I think would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I like I honestly don't think like I think Jared Jared Leto as the Joker in another movie with a different director probably would have he would have been a good Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. weird fucking <laughs> atrocious yeah. movie. Um, I said like if I said like hey he's out we're recasting you know I wouldn't feel sad. You know? Oh no no not at all I yeah. think there's definitely like uh, other actors out there probably an unknown that would be fucking perfect for it. Um, I think I'd that's like what they should have done with to begin with was cast an unknown. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have uh, sort of fan casted. I don't know if you'd ever do it for fear of stereotyping, but a lot of people fan casted Bill Skarsgård. Oh, really? Yeah. After it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I can definitely cool. see it. I, like, is he really going to take on another killer clown role? Is that what I he think? Wants to... I think that payday would be a lot more than it. Well, that's true. You know I would I mean? watch it. He's doing Castle Rock, which is another Stephen King thing, but. He said his character is totally different from Pennywise and it doesn't relate, but yeah, I mean. With Hall and Gosling that we talked about, I've before even before I even knew about this today and these rumors lately with Hall, it always felt like those two were kind of like easy pickings for a superhero movie and they're, they're like, like these holdouts. Mm-hmm. Like, are they waiting on something amazing or what? Like, are they just not interested or what? I thought Gosling just wasn't interested. It feels like Gosling's not that interested. Yeah, know? I would, um, I, mean, I would say so. Jill and Hall more so, right? I think he, Jill and Hall is interested in it. He's just, it just hasn't worked out so far. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, hey, Gosling was up for Gosling was up for Doctor Strange as well. Yeah. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, there was like already like uh, art made with him in the costume and what the cape would look oh, yeah, like sure. and. Yeah, so I mean, he was in talks enough to do that, but I just think the what like the way his acting career and all that is just like I don't think he's interested. I don't, you know, he's I so think understated. He's so su- he's like kind of like too subtle for how exaggerated. I think it would. I think it would have to be a director he wants to work with. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just did Blade Runner because it's Blade Runner. I think it's because he wanted to work with the director. Yeah, it was just like this guy's making solid fucking movies year after year. And you as an yeah. actor you want to work with it, work with someone like that. And, you know, I mean, it's probably a little bit of like, you know, fanboying out. Why wouldn't you want to be in a movie with Harrison Ford? I mean, we all probably would because it's Harrison Ford, you know? Right. So, but, uh, you know, I just think he tries to attach himself with interesting directors most of the time. I mean, I'm not a fan of Only God Forgives, but uh, I do like the Nicholas Winding Refn movies. I think they're visually cool i'd like to see him do a fucking joker movie that'd be pretty cool yeah be fucking weird as shit but he's got a good visual style. soundtrack would be dope cliff <laughs> martinez doing it. it'd be so good in terms of like gosling and stuff like it's almost like he doesn't really need this yeah, yeah. no yeah. um i feel like the most successful castings a lot of the times have bid for the gal gadots with chris hemworth hemsworth of the world who like they get their start because of this. It's either that or, uh, you know, you get the occasional Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Pratt type who are, I mean, not saying those are the same type, but those are the guys who like were known for one thing and then they get thrown into something very different. It's almost like a research of their career. Right. Yeah. I think so. Like those are probably what they're best for, for people like, you know, Jill and Hall and, and Gosling, like if they never make a comic book movie, they'll, they'll still be fine. You know? Yeah. Right. I think the thing with Hall too is, is like after Prince of Persia, he like dropped off because that movie did so bad and people hated it. And mm-hmm. like he was on the rise, man. Like Donnie Darko, psh, rocket ship, you know? It's like mm-hmm. he was in everything after that. And then Prince of Persia and like nothing. And then he's like, 
movies or he was like minor characters in them in bigger movies with bigger actors, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like kind of built up this career again until broke where back you're getting like, so- <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you're getting like solid Michael. fucking performances, you know, right. you know? And, uh, I mean, I even like Demolition, which I don't think a lot of people saw, and Enemy, which was uh, Dennis Villanueva, uh, his, uh, like, right after, uh, God, what the fuck did, after Prisoners, which I don't think anyone saw that, but Enemy was fucking mind trip, dude. Um, I just, I also think Jen Hall's just trying to work with talented people that can put him in a good light, and, like, he's still doing interesting acting stuff, but, because mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, a huge fan of Southpaw, but I will agree, he got fucking jacked for that, and yeah. his performance is very good in it. Yeah. But I, don't know. I like, you know, Joel Egerton. I'd like to see him do something. I think he might be a cool Batman. Yeah. He oh, might be well. getting a little older now, but. I mean, that's fine. Like, I don't, we, we can cast old Batman. We already did it <laughs> once. We can do it again. We did it once already. That's true. That's true. I want I baby mean, Batman. We, I know. I, want I know. Matt, I want Matt little, I want little kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Batman Beyond. Yes. Oh, dude, that's what they should do. Fucking scrap the Batman, Batman Beyond. Talk about unmade scripts. Mm -hmm. That one was written by Neil Stevenson, right, for Batman Beyond, the guy that wrote Snow Crash and shit. Uh, it might have been him. I know the director was definitely uh, Boaz Yakim. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Um, I think, I think it was Paul Dini actually. He wrote the script. I think they worked on the script or something. They, I remember listening to a podcast about Dini saying that was his like main. That was the only time he ever was asked to like work on something live action for the like the DC for DC live yeah. action stuff. And because of his experience on that, apparently he's not interested in like ever doing it Just again. That bad, huh? Um, yeah, I, I guess um, I haven't. He might have given a few details, but funny enough that the, the, the whatever details he did give, I do not remember. Um, it was probably on one of the Kevin Smith's podcasts or something like that. Yeah, Pat Mel and Batman. Mm. But um, who knows? Maybe that could have been a good one. Um, I, I mean, with Batman Beyond, I still kind of feel like you need somebody who has played the role before. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. To play to play old Bruce, it's just a little weird. I think whenever it's it's somebody new. So, you know, best option to me, just get Keaton back in there. That'd be amazing. He's, he's got the wrinkles for it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd be I'd be down for that. Um and it'd be uh, so cool to see too. And just like uh the feelings you get, you know, when he walks in on screen. Oh, dude. Mm-hmm. I also just seen Don the Bat suit again, like the first episode of Batman Beyond when he's like trying to fight those guys with like his dog and stuff. Oh mm-hmm. it'd be so good. Yeah, and then you bring the elfman theme back in just like they did with Justice League, but this right. time it's it's Keaton. Right, you know? right, right, right. That'd be awesome. It being so far in the future too, they could do that without any kind of like real continuity problems. And you know what? Not that they care about that Jake, anyway. But Jake Gyllenhaal as Terry McGinnis, fucking, that would be good. Like yeah. Him donning that fucking that's Batman Beyond about. suit. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Yeah, that's true. Better. We, Matt Reeves, stop what you're doing. Make a Batman <laughs> Beyond movie. Sidetrack it. Ben's gonna take care of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. Keep this you know, Bruce right, and yes no. Thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> oh my god. Who would be the villain? Ink. Uh, I mean, you know, it might be cool to do like Blight. the return of Joker. Uh, yeah, I was the, thinking that. The Joker the return gang. of Joker would be cool. I mean, Nicholson's still acting. Yeah, the return of Joker. Sort of. The, did you ever yeah. see that animated movie? Mr. Freeze, too, right? He shows up in Batman Beyond. Mr. Freeze came back. Um, it always weird, it was weird to me that uh, there was a follow-up on, like, you knew Barbara became the commissioner. 
yeah. the new Tim Drake in the Joker movie. What the hell happened to Dick Grayson? I don't know. I've, it's been a while since I've seen that. Series, I don't think they ever covered that. Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah. just not in it at all. So I think that's weird. So they maybe just they totally do that. bypassed it. Yeah, but maybe. I, think, I mean, I, they must have had some idea for it because, uh, you know, he was obviously on their mind because they were making Batman Beyond the same time as the new Batman Adventures. Um, yeah. Oh, right. You know, which had Nightwing in him. Uh, uh, I mean, I know I previously pitched having, you know, Dick Grayson to take over for Ben Affleck's Batman, but the problem is right now, if Affleck quits now, like, you have no establishment of Dick Grayson in this universe ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At all. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, I'm fine with a recasting. It's a shame. Like we all have established, but like if you think of like Affleck's um, thinking, I mean, I'm sure that after Daredevil, he didn't want, to, he wasn't interested in the superhero thing. He got his career on track with this, all these Oscar movies yeah. and stuff. And then when Snyder came to him for Batman, he was probably thinking, okay, like so this, this is like what Nolan and Bale did. Like yeah. that's cool. Like I'm, I'm up for something like that. Yeah. And then for it to get the reception, it did. Yeah. While he's also going through a divorce and all this other controversial and yeah. fans shitting on him and things like that. I, I mean, I can't blame him if he wants to wants to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had that whole interview, too, where he's just like, you know, I spent like a year writing and a half writing Live My Night and nobody gives a shit. Nobody came right. to the theaters. They just right. want to know about Batman. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, so I, I understand. Uh, you know, again, it's a shame, but if he wants out, um, you know, I, we at least have, you know, the warehouse scene for Batman for Superman. We have different moments that we can appreciate. From right, that. right. They can pull from that. Mm-hmm. What could have been Ben Affleck? Bad Fleck, what could have been? <laughs> Anything else? Uh, uh, on the uh, format I can think there? At this point, I'm full of pizza, so my brain probably isn't working the same way it was before. <laughs> uh, awesome to share. Uh, with all this stuff, again, Justice League Mortal, wish it was made better than Justice League movie that we got. Hopefully the next Justice League movie is way more of another director's vision has a clearer story has more has an emotional resonance that justice league mortal did that was episode 99 everybody that was quite the tales that we were regaled by uh or that ben juan (laughs) regaled us uh thanks again senior correspondent senior batman correspondent thank you guys for listening it's fucking awesome as usual and uh be sure to catch us uh, next episode, which which will be the hundredth episode of Superhouse. Ooh, we have a few special things ooh. planned for that, and uh, that's basically it. This is Andrew signing off. This is Maddie. See you. Good night, sweet clown princes of Gotham. This is Ben. Have a good one, guys. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. Yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us. A topic for us to talk about, and that's we'll talk tough. about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows yeah. how long it'll take? And that's pretty tight. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. <laughs> Wait, we're on the internet. That's pretty good. <laughs> if you and don- we can make money. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you donate a thousand dollars, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. 
<laughs> you give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> you get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. <laughs> For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> Superhouse Gigolo Project 2017. <laughs> Links in the description. <laughs>